You're listening to the Assembly 317 podcast. Whether you're a Christian or just curious what Christians believe, this is a space and time for us to learn about the practices found in faith. Welcome back. I'm Joel. I'm Rebecca. And we are here again, and we're going to be introducing our next topic here in a moment, but we just wanted to remind all of you that we are doing this uh, because the questions that we've had uh, with people of faith and not of faith that are interested about Christianity, and they asked us to uh, just share what's on our hearts and our minds about a few topics, and this is what we're going to be starting off with. We started last time, if you missed the episode, you can uh, refer back to more what that's about and which different things we're going to do and how this will all flow. Uh, but today, our topic is going to be about prayer, the the Christian from the Christian perspective, of course. Um, honestly, from when I've talked to people about prayer, most of all, it seems strange to them, especially um, even if they've been in the Christian faith, sometimes talking out loud or um, pausing for a moment is something that's abnormal to them until they can, can get kind of what, what I would describe prayer as like talking to God as a friend, as someone that is like even across the table with Rebecca, just face to face. And that can be hard. It can be a little intimidating because um, relationships can be difficult at times or you may not know what to say at times. And I think people have a real um, challenge ahead of them uh, at times because communication is difficult. And so prayer can kind of seem more difficult as well. Uh, My personal definition of prayer really just does come down to that. Just talking to God. Uh, letting him know what's in my heart, in my mind. What is your perspective or your... Yeah, so I grew up with more of an understanding of prayer. And I don't know if this really even came from my family, but just that prayer was something you did to make God do what you wanted. Um, Or prayer was something you did to curry favor with God. Like if you just said enough prayers. And I think that maybe comes from misunderstanding of certain backgrounds in Christianity that it's not about how many you can do to curry favor with God and things like that. As I've grown in in my maturity in my Christian faith, I see prayer very similar to Joel where it's a dialogue, it's a conversation between me and God, but I don't, um, I don't see it just as revealing my heart to him, to God, because I I do at my core believe that he knows all that already. He knows who I am, what I think, what I feel. And I do think it's good to unburden ourselves and reveal those things to God in a, um, in a friendship, in a confessional manner. But I also see prayer as a way for transformation and formation in me for me to listen to and respect the will of God, the mystery of God, and the mind of God in my life. Could you expound upon that, the mystery? So when I talk about the mystery of God, what I mean is kind of going back to what I said about prayer being a way to make God do what we want. If we believe God is divine and... um all-knowing, all-powerful, that he is the creating and sustaining force of the universe, 
there's a certain amount of God that we cannot know. The Apostle Paul talks about seeing through um, through a mirror dimly that it's not until we get to the other side of eternity that we'll see face to face and know fully. And C.S. Lewis talks about that uh, in his book, Until We Have Faces, that there is a misunderstanding on the main character's part of this God and she thinks of him one way and it's because her understanding is incomplete and so when I go into prayer I go in with the understanding that my my knowledge of God my ability to comprehend God is incomplete Hmm. and that in prayer I'm allowed to be in the mystery of God, in the welcome of the Spirit, and I hope this doesn't sound too like hoo-hoo, weirdo, but <laughs> that I'm allowed to be in His presence in some way that goes beyond the natural into the supernatural, even if I can't completely understand it, even if I don't have the knowledge and the ability on this side of eternity to understand everything that's happening. And in that mystery, right, if I'm just praying to get what I want, I'm not being transformed in any way. It's in the mystery that my transformation happens. It's in sitting in the knowledge of his holiness and wonder and understanding that I am finite and he is infinite on this side of eternity. And that in that I am transformed. I am what the Bible calls being formed into a new man like it's only in that space that my transformation i guess i guess i see prayer as the chrysalis for the caterpillar to the butterfly does that make sense i think so that um, picture is pretty good so i think that's part of what the mystery of is i i get to be here on earth i feel more like a caterpillar in prayer i get to be in the chrysalis Unlike a butterfly, I get to come out of the chrysalis, or unlike the metamorphosis, unlike the metamorphosis into caterpillar stage, I get to come back into caterpillar stage instead of being transformed fully into butterfly stage. That maybe is too much for this podcast, but that's how I see prayer in a way, is that I get to touch what it would be like to be a butterfly even though on this side of eternity, I will not get to fully understand that. I really like that. So the Bible has a lot of uh, different things it can say about prayer, but uh, one of the things that I wanted to bring out the Bible is talking about in an observation I've seen in Luke 11. Uh, he, Jesus, I'm just reading the scripture, Luke 11, 1. He, Jesus, was praying in a certain place, and after he'd finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. 
as John taught his disciples. And we noticed that uh, Jesus was praying uh, already. And so if we are going to be in the form of, of the Bible or in um, definition as a Christian, we would pattern ourselves after Christ. And so we would do similar patterns as as he sees. So we would, we would pray. And thus we also see uh, the disciples asking the Lord Jesus to teach them to pray. And so if he's asking uh, to learn to pray, then we also, as disciples or those learning and following Jesus, again, would be followed, following to pray. And then that that scripture follows um, Jesus teaching others the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven. Many of you might be familiar with that or have heard it prayed before in public. Uh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins or trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So we could do the, the Lord's Prayer as an example as Jesus taught the disciples, like John, uh, how to pray after asking him. And so uh, we begin the action, we lay out the action of prayer in, in that form. And that's kind of our um, understanding as Christians of some of why we pray and we, we are connecting with God or, um, like you kind of said, uh, causing ourselves to be transformed by that prayer or... And I don't, I don't, I want to clarify, I don't think it's us causing ourselves to be transformed. Oh, that's true. I think yeah. it's communion with the divine that causes transformation. So in Christian spirituality, we do believe we are in connection with the divine through prayer. Like we are in connection with God through prayer. It's not just us doing something good. Now, I do think there are aspects of prayer that whether you are a Christian or not, they are beneficial to to mental wellness and to overall health. And there's actually some scientific study that proves this. And this is across religions. I'm not saying this is only Christianity. This is across religions that there is this mental health benefit to prayer um, and actually a physical health benefit because there have been studies now of those who have prayer happening for them while they're unwell versus those who do not and those who have prayer happening for them their rate of recovery is a little better than those who do not have prayer so whether that you know I'll leave it up to scientists <laughs> to decide whether that's all just psychological but like for, for us as Christians we believe that it is leaning into time space with God that is transformative but like I said even if you don't believe that there are aspects of it that are beneficial even if you don't necessarily believe you're connecting with the divine uh, some of those aspects that are beneficial even if you are unsure about faith are things like silence and I know some people don't consider silence an aspect of prayer but having studied this now for a couple of years, I definitely consider silence an aspect of prayer. And I'm not going to get into all the the reasons why on this short podcast, but silence, whatever your beliefs are, seem to be very, very good for mental health, the practice of silence, and 
taking it from one minute to five minutes to 10 minutes to 30 minutes. And the world we live in, I think, is part of that reason. The constant flow of information, the constant pool of digital things, which is hilarious because I'm saying that on a digital platform right now, so I get the hypocrisy of it. (laughs) But silence helps calm our mind. And from a Christian Christian perspective, silence allows space for God to actually speak, which, just being really raw and honest, I feel like a lot of Christians struggle with actually allowing God to speak. We want to speak to Him oftentimes more than we want to hear from Him. And I know there are some veins of Christianity believe really He said everything He wants to say in the Bible and that's it. And I don't come from that particular um, faith background. I believe that God is still speaking today. And so silence is a space for him to speak to me. Another uh, aspect of that would be um, in Christianity and a lot of religions, again, there's aspects of breathing prayers or controlled breathing Okay, when we control our breath from a scientific neurological standpoint, you're overriding something that's an automatic function, and then your brain has to put additional energy into control over an automatic function. And I think in that, we can help kind of sur- surpass, go around, bypass our our anxiety, our worries, our fears, because the part of the brain that is in control of sort of that automatic function, which stress and things come from as well, then it is focused now on something that we're doing in communion with God. So from a Christian perspective, and using it in communion with God, but from a non-Christian perspective, um, just surpassing that and controlling the breathing and trying to think about something good, something uplifting, something kind, still bypasses that same part of the brain. Mm-hmm. And so those are some of the things I think that prayer does. Um, the aspects of prayer can do even, whether, whether you have faith or you're unsure about your faith or you know for sure you don't have any faith, Um, in any sort of higher deity, those aspects can be beneficial wherever you stand. Now for the Christian, because we do believe it is communion with God, it's like you said, Joel, where it's a space to, to share your heart with the divine. It's, it's a space for you to share your heart with God. So there are multiple ways of prayer I don't have an exhaustive list. And honestly, like if you Google this, I did Google it. Um, a lot of times it'll be like four types of prayer, eight types of prayer. Like that's an exhaustive list of prayer, but many of them are missing things like silence. And so obviously different groups within Christianity have different kind of parameters for what is and isn't prayer. Um, like for us, we come from a Pentecostal background. So it's called glossolalia. That is what is 
more commonly referred to as speaking in tongues. That's a type of prayer that we do as Pentecostals and is honestly pretty mystical. <laughs> um, I hate to burst anybody's bubble that thinks it's a non-mystical practice, but it, it, I mean, it is pretty mystical. We believe that the power of God through the Holy Spirit is, is coming, th flowing through us and allowing us to speak words we do not understand in prayer and re relation communion with God, with the Holy of Holies, with the Creator. And so, uh, but even that has interesting scientific study behind it. It sure does. So some additional forms of prayer are worship and praise, uh, petition or intercession, thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is actually a practice that whether you are a Christian or unsure or know that you are, that's not, you're not a Christian, you would not classify yourself that way. Uh, gratitude and thanksgiving is something that is good for your mental health. Absolutely. No matter where you stand. But as Christians, we believe we should be thankful and grateful to God, our creator, for what we see happening in our lives, sustaining us, and believing in faith that uh, every good thing comes from him, from his heart and his goodness towards us. So I feel like we've talked a lot about um, personal types of prayer, and one thing that we have, especially in Christian faith, there are other faiths as well that, that do it. There's also this corporate style of prayer as well, uh, which I've experienced a lot in, in my growing up years. I know you have, have too, because yeah. it's part of the faith practice. Um, with, for example, call and response, or even singing, like they'll be singing prayers or songs that I've led that are actually prayers, not just a song. Um, that we see in Christianity, but uh, did you have any other ideas of what what cor uh, corporate prayer or communal? Prayer yeah, so corporate or communal prayer can be interesting. I guess I didn't mention this in in regards to like supplication or or things like that. Lament is a form of prayer, okay. and lament is is very powerful in corporate settings to take responsibility as a group for sins committed against other groups, um, the harm we've done to each other, the harm our community has done to another community. And it's uncomfortable, but it has a lot of biblical precedent. There's whole books of lamentation <laughs> in the Bible. And so lament is a corporate form of prayer. You can lament individually as well. Um, and we see that in, in the Bible with some of the prophets lamenting 
by themselves, but often they kind of lament for the whole nation. Um, and so lament is definitely one of those corporate prayers that I think is my experience anyway of it has been, and I hate to base things only on experience, but I'm going to have to with this one. My experience of lament has been that it is much, it was much more powerful in a corporate setting than in a solo setting. Um, I think that worship as a form of prayer and as an active prayer is more, it is in my opinion, someone may prove me wrong, is something really meant more for corporate, the corporate body than it is for solo. It's, it's wonderful to connect to God through worship solo, and it's needed sometimes. But the corporate aspect of it, knowing that you are part of a group of people that is part of a larger global group of people that is part of a historic 2,000-year tradition of people, you can't really get that by yourself. So worship as, as an act of prayer corporately is something that is a little more transformative, in my opinion, than worship by itself. I would agree with that. I think that's why you have the, the popularity of Christian worship music being produced, in fact, because uh, throughout the ages, people tend to start listening to things by themselves, but yet it feels like there's a group of people then worshiping with you, and it's easier to feel connected to God um, as a believer, even, even as a worship leader, uh, music leader. So um, a recording can help kind of bring you into that uh, universal body, for like a better word, a larger body of Christ. Uh, idea, a moment. So in addition to that concept of corporate, the, the final thing I kind of want to say about prayer is that there are postures, physical postures of the body that we sometimes don't think about, but that are there in prayer. So we just talked about worship. So in a corporate worship setting, it's very common for people to stand, to clap their hands, to lift their hands. Those are all postures of the body. In some churches, they have made kneeling easier than in other churches. <laughs> or they have made spaces, at least, where kneeling is possible. Kneeling as an act of prayer is a long-held Christian tradition. I'm sure other religious traditions have it as well. But in the Christian tradition, kneeling is a long-standing it is a long-standing form of body posturing for prayer. I think that it's pretty universally known, the praying hands, so the clasping of the hands together or palm to palm. All, again, that's your body engaging in the spiritual act. So not just your mouth and your mind, but also your body. I know people who like to lay completely flat on their face. This again has stories in the Bible where people do this and it's called being prostrate before the Lord. That again is an act of body posturing for prayer. I know people who prefer to walk. They really need to walk and they like to be out in nature when they walk to really have deep times of communion and prayer with God. And so I didn't want to talk about prayer without talking about body posturing as 
part of the act, of course you can just be comfortable on your couch. We totally believe that. There may be other spaces where body posturing becomes helpful in how you engage and connect with prayer and through that prayer with God. So just to follow up, after each of these episodes, uh, we plan to then do a follow-up episode that is going to practice uh, these topics. And so the next episode that you'll see will actually be one that uh, I believe Rebecca will be walking you through on how to pray. Um, she'll define kind of in that scenario um, maybe what type of prayer you'll be doing and how you can interact with that, whether you're a believer or not. Uh, but she'll mainly take it from a Christian perspective. And uh, we hope you enjoyed our conversation. And thank you for joining us. Thank you for taking the time and space to learn about the practices found in faith. Join us again on the Assembly 317 podcast in just a few weeks.